0: Today on the pod, we've got part two of our interview with Doug Logan. If you have not listened to part one, you probably want to go back and do that before jumping in here. So get ready to laugh, get ready to cry, get ready to here we go. This episode is sponsored by Auxilio Partners, providing the business management and technology expertise your church needs. Find out more at auxilio.partners/5points. We've got some event news we want to let you know about. There will be a church planting summit hosted at Covenant Theological Seminary with Mission to North America. Church planting together for God's kingdom, collaborating, connecting, catalyzing. It will be Monday, October the 17th through Wednesday, October the 19th. Join brothers and sisters from all over the country to work together for the advancement of God's kingdom in a culture in crisis. Planters and their wives, network leaders, and ministry leaders are welcome. For more information, please visit PCAMNA.org. We'd love to see you there. So, Doug, that... A church planter anywhere is going to deal with a lot of challenges, no matter where they are or where their planting context is. And planting in hard places is certainly not any different than, than planting anywhere else in that regard. So what are some challenges that you've dealt with in the past that you can say, hey, this was the Lord actually bringing this challenge into my life to help to shape me and to mold me as a church planter here and a pastor uh, dealing with other church planters now?
1: Um, One for me was... I like to call it the NASCAR church planning model. A lot of stickers on the side, crosses on the hood, but a lot of stickers on the side, which became an unsustainable reality for me. I was blessed to be planted by 10th Prez, Epiphany Philly. I was in the PCA. I was also a fellowship associates under one of my favorite humans, famous... Favorite pastors and Dr. Bill Wellens at Fellowship Associates in Arkansas. Man, love that man. One of the most brilliant dudes I know. Love him. He's just godly for no reason. Makes me think I need to get re baptized every time I'm with <laughs> him. Um, so, and then I was a part of a couple of other foundations that were giving. And then a lot of churches were giving. So I was a NASCAR church, which is unsustainable. hmm I could have up to 30 invitations to share the vision from all the support I raised. I would wouldn't have been ever at the church that I was planning. If I were to go to all those things to keep the money. Yeah. So that NASCAR burden caused me to challenge my mission to the city and help guys think about that. And the side effects of that are your fathering is reduced. your f- husband you your, your marriage takes hits. You're not major hits because we got, you know we got FaceTime and all that but at the end of the day you're not home. Yep. you're not home. Your sons, my, I got three sons, they saw me less. That's not good. It's not good. So the NASCAR challenge um, God used that to help me try to create a sustainable model and to pray, and tell guys to slow down so that that doesn't happen. Second was, man, I realized church planning for me, was a burden. You know, it's it's that Frodo gospel. Like, he wasn't the best hobbit, he just had the burden. <laughs> 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 you know, it was a bunch of hobbits, but he just, Aragon was there, all of them was there, Bartimae was there, but only one was gonna do it that had the burden to see it was Frodo. So mm-hmm. it's not gonna be the most gifted necessarily guy, but it's gonna be the guy with, with the Holy Ghost that's put a burden on him. Mm-hmm. And that guy um, is so, so important. So that's why I keep my eyes on guys who aren't the shiniest, but man, man, they got the ghost, they got character and they got that burden to reach and plant. Um, and, and that came from my heart being broken As I began to preach and travel and serve, I went to places like DC and Patterson, where I'm from in Newark, New Jersey, where my father was raised in Baltimore, where we planted a church. Those cities were lacking gospel witness. Of course, there were churches there, you know, putting in good gospel work, but they were minimum in the nastiest, roughest parts of the city. So that was breaking my heart, which gave me a deeper burden. And then as a reform cat, Presbyterian, I noticed in those inner cities, You know, I I went to RTS a little bit, Westminster a little bit, and and I just used to hear my bros always whining about health and wealth and Arminianism in the inner cities. And one time I said, well, there's no historical reformed churches in the hood. Your networks and denominations ain't sending nobody to the hood. But you're criticizing the hood for not having a reform witness? Mm-hmm. We got to actually go take a witness. But then you can't call people in the inner cities all heretics if you won't go do something. That's unfair and mean. So mm-hmm. if health and wealth is there, shouldn't you go there? But they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. So I will. Mm -hmm. And if God blesses me, I'm going to do my best to raise up as many to go. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to throw heretic grenades from the safety of my suburban city, Mm. dog in the hood for not being reformed when we don't have a reformed witness, often in inner cities. So as a reformed dude, I'm just a Bible boy. Reformed ain't no special brand. Reformed is the Bible. Alice the Big said, How did you become reformed? He read the Bible. He too. Amen. <laughs> I agree with Dr. Yep. Big. And in light of that, I think it's the cleanest and clearest expression of, of gospel. And I want to see that work itself out practically and missionally in the inner city. So, one thing that shaped me, Brother Reed, was seeing a lack of reformed witness and seeing and seeing my heart broken for the brokenness of those cities. I'll tell you this to land a plane on that is when I was gonna plant somewhere else at first in Germantown section of Philly when in, in 2008 when I started the residency at 10. And then one time Dr. Phil Reichen said at an elders meeting, staff meeting, he was like, well, Doug, you know, he's proper. He always had a perfect suit on like, like he got dry cleaned in it. He was always that clean. <laughs> and um, He didn't even take it off. He just went into the press. Mm. And, uh, and he said, I don't know if God's calling you to Germantown. I think God might be calling you to Camden. I've told this story before. So people are mm. going to say said that before. I did. It's, the, it's history. And um, <laughs> I told Phil Reichen, well, why don't you go play in Camden? I'm not going to nobody's Camden. Mm. And um, almost, I told the joke, I almost went and slashed his tires. And told him somebody from Cam didn't do it. But, uh, <laughs> so I left that staff meeting at 10, took the bus down because 10th Prez is on 17th and Spruce. Epiphany is on 17th in Diamond. It was going like from Beverly Hills to Beirut when I would go back to Epiphany, Philly. And then I'd get to Epiphany, Philly, and I walk in and I'm sitting down with Dr. Mason. And he said, duh, let's get some lunch. I said, all right. And then he says, you know what? I've been praying and thinking. I think God might be calling you to Camden. <laughs> I said, That dog will feel right. And I don't oh, even got Phil's number. And so that level of confirmation for me. And so I argued, Y'all must be crazy. I'm not going to Camden. So I get home and I tell my wife, Angel, and I say, Angel, these jokers got me going to Camden. We ain't going to Camden. She said, We ain't. And uh, I said, Well, let's drive over there to prove them wrong, to let them know that the ghost ain't even pushing us that way. So we drive over there. man brothers, man, the brokenness, the pain, the the hurt, the, it was, I get emotional every time I think about that ride.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I drive back out of the city, was in there for about 40 minutes, prayed a couple times and I couldn't get myself together. So my wife said, pull over for a second, let's... Well, she couldn't get herself together. She said, pull over for a second. And let me, I dropped my phone, so we pulled over and she said, or she was getting a phone, hey, Duh, it's like the devil pulled up a vacuum and sucked the hope out of this city. Mm. It's just a... She said, hopelessness is the air here. Mm. And I was like, she said, We gotta plant a church here. I said, Yeah, we're gonna pray to somebody do. <laughs> drove, I drove <laughs> across the Ben Franklin Bridge mm-hmm. back to Philly to my house. Mm-hmm. If you know me, I go to bed at about 7:30, 8 o'clock, but I'm up at 4:30 in the morning. So I went to bed, I woke up. The Lord, I believe the Lord burdened me and woke me up around 10. I drove back to Camden alone. And at this, at the second time over. On my way to the bridge, I pulled over in the same place, and I couldn't get myself together like my wife couldn't earlier. And that for me was the burden for me to go. The looking mm-hmm. out at mm-hmm. the at the lostness of the city. The lostness, the brokenness. And my heart was broken. And um, praise God for 10th and Epiphany. I came and told them. Eric Mason said, I told you. I told you. <laughs> and so, yeah, brothers, for me, God put that burden on me one night in a 1995 Honda Accord on a rainy night in Camden mm. in 2009. And um, mm. he hasn't taken the his foot off the gas of my heart to see more churches planted in places like Flint, Milwaukee, East St. Louis. Um. And by God's grace, out of Epiphany Camden, we planted Epiphany Baltimore. We helped plant Cruciform Church in Hollywood, Miami, and Netherhood. Epiphany Gloucester City, which is a, 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 a white, poor community about a mile from my house in Camden. Epiphany, um, Dr. Mason planted Epiphany Brooklyn. Epiphany L.A. Um, up in Williamsport, we helped to plant Raphael up there in um, Isaac Ferrer who's planting in Tampa. So mm. we so it was our burden to plant in the top 20 most dangerous cities mm. because of how the Lord used those challenges to shape me. I'll mm. never be the same. and so I serve in this capacity to see to help guys who get to places and have to pull over. Mm. to have the tools and the team to take the gospel to the poor, but a robust, reformed, gospel-centered, biblically-rooted word that's going to punch the devil in the face and advance the kingdom. Not for one generation, but for many. Yep. And it's going to take hmm. all hands on deck, and I'm trying to be the best deck hand I can be for Christ to see that happen.
2: Doug, you've mentioned your wife, Angel, a couple of times, and... What, what role has she played in your life and your ministry? And when I say your ministry, it's both of you. Um, what role has she played in terms of encouraging, encouraging you, inspiring you, protecting you, and advising you?
1: Man, Hunter, she keeps me honest. That's on the top. She keeps me honest. She keeps me humble. And she keeps me focused on home. Those are the, yeah. those are the things I have in my head. She keeps me honest. Why? Because when I'm talking all that convoluting 47 things we're gonna do in three days, she's like, <laughs> She's like, bro, shut up, bro. You ain't about to do that. You ain't even took out the trash. And so she, <laughs> <laughs> she keep me honest, bro. And so when I and then second, she's to keep me honest, when I start whining and complaining when things don't happen and I start blaming people, she's like, well, ain't you the pastor? <laughs> So she just keeps me honest, man, and I, I, I hate it and love it. You know what it is. It's mm. like penicillin. You hate the taste, mm. but it works. And so uh, <laughs> right. um, she keeps me humble because she's such a support. She always reminds me that um, as much of Adam I am, I'm not alone. And... I'm not abandoned and God uses her to remind me that on my darkest days, and you talking to me brothers, I seen death at a high level, murder at a high level, Mm. violence at a high level. Mm. I have experienced PTSD's, depression, Mm. anxiety. I just wake up sometimes sweating and crying. Mm. Can't even get myself together. Like can't even focus, shaking, sweating. And she'll just reach over. Her little well, her little you know all the olive oil put her little bit of perf- perfume in it and rub it on me and pray in the middle of the night, two weeks ago she did that I just woke up sometimes I have PTSD moments you know I see some of those dead kids that I had to do funerals for mm-hmm. right. the trauma of that and me lacking pace and it, it, it's it it's got long-term effects. And yeah. so she keeps me so humble. She reminds me that as much as you smart and strategic think you are, you are a broken center in need of the same grace that you're preaching to the lost people in the inner city. Mm-hmm. Right. So she keeps me humble. And then she keeps me home. She continues to make a house for me that makes me want to be home. She mm-hmm. continues to pray and and serve me and our kids and grandkids and our great grandson in such ways that I'm just constantly in awe of her love, how God uses her, her heart. She leads um, our little weekly prayer. So she'd be texting me. My office is on my property. So I live on like four acres. So I'm off to the back of the parking lot. If I could turn this around, you would see I'm way Mm -hmm. over here. And so she'll text me or use the Alexa thing and say, get in here for prayer right now. We in First Timothy today. And so (laughs) I love it, man. She keeps me home. So that sense of home, knowing I'm heavily loved and supported, her pointing me constantly to Jesus, clarifying my brokenness in light of his salvation. And from date night to... Praying for me at night, man. I can't plant no church. I can't start no seminary. Mm. If I'm shaking all night from (laughs) PTSDs.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But to get that
1: prayer from her, that oil, that it's gonna be all right. Calm down. You it's Mm. all right. Jesus is present. He's with us. Mm. Lay back down, do your breathing, go back to sleep. Mm. Mm. Man. Thank God for my wife. And she's just been good. And um, yeah, so those are the three things. Honest, humble, and home. That's how she works it. And um, I pray that for all my spiritual sons and any pastor I coach, you, 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 your wife is worth a weight when she does those three. I don't care if she can cook or clean. If she can do those three. I don't care if she got to order Chick-fil-A every day. She's worth a weight when those three are real, and, um, mm-hmm. and the last thing I'll say in terms of ministry for her is her care for people. You know, I, I, I've got degrees and all that stuff. She don't, and I just watch her minister to people so wonderfully.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, sometimes I wish I didn't have a degree when I watch her. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm so smart now, I gotta say the Greek word, she just say good morning. And I, I, I got to do person to pray to people, so ridiculous. Mm. And so um, I want to reverse grow up, you know. And uh, <laughs> and so um, yeah, but yeah, so so valid and important. And you know, you know what I'm saying? Your wife can't qualify you, but she can disqualify you. So <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. Mm. Thank God that not only does she not disqualify me, she helps me stay qualified for yeah. ministry.
2: that's a good word. Doug, you've been a blessing and we appreciate you joining us. And you have probably made us laugh more than any podcast episode that we've done to date. And that's fantastic. (laughs) And so we are grateful for your ministry. We're thankful for you. We appreciate you joining us and giving us so many good words to reflect on and Lord, uh, do we just pray that the Lord will continue to bless you and watch over you and guide you as you seek to make a difference for the kingdom of God.
1: Please, brother, I need that. Okay.
0: Thanks, brother. That's the last word for now. Thanks to you for joining us and listening today. You can reach us with comments or questions on Twitter or Facebook at 5 point Planting, or by email at reformedplanting at gmail.com. See y'all next time. Five Points Church Planting is a member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters.